Hi everyone, my name is Lauren O'Toole and welcome to my podcast. In this episode, we will be talking about diversity in the sports media industry. Coming up, I will be chatting to BBC London's Lauren Moore, Patience Bentu, the Community and Engagement Officer for Race Council Cymru, and Mayoa Quadri, the Brand and Editorial Officer of Versus and a keen advocate for diversity. Sports coverage is hugely powerful, but there is a lack of women and the ethnically diverse, meaning that people like myself feel excluded. Let's kick things off by hearing from Lauren Moore about being treated differently as a young woman in the industry. Have you ever felt that you've been treated differently because of your gender? I definitely have. I, I remember my first ever shift um, where I was out at a stadium. I did the Arsenal-Tottenham football match at the Emirates. And afterwards, whilst I was waiting to interview the managers afterwards, which was Unai Emery and Riso Pochettino at the time, um, one of the other reporters from a different organisation, I won't name them. (laughs) Don't want to name and shame. (laughs) I won't name and shame. Um, But was kind of standing, waiting in the room um, with everyone who was doing the interviews and kind of looked at me because I was in a room with all men and sort of went, what are you, some kind of work experience girl then? I think because of my age as well, I was slightly young because I was 21 at the time, but I was still doing the same job. So it kind of hit a little bit, I guess. I felt like I was picked out of the group. It was kind of, why are you here? Questioning me. You start to question, do I, maybe I don't belong here. Yeah, you know what, because it made me worry so much. What I actually have in my room at the moment is a big book I fill in every single season kind of with all all the teams literally from like first year of English football to the fourth all the teams and all the players and literally just just to so I have got it in my head because I never basically I feel like if I ever kind of make a mistake it will get picked on a bit more so oh god this female reporter doesn't know what she's doing sort of thing Um, and that's what yeah that, that worries me a lot especially since I'm being quiz like now and then by people so I feel like I'm being looked at more than others yeah so you feel like you almost have to do that extra work that extra bit to like assert yourself and feel you know I do know what I'm talking about oh. yeah literally because <laughs> that, that's what I think I wouldn't be in this, this job surely if I, if I didn't know what I was talking about no you totally believe in yourself <laughs> we're women we're going into a male-dominated sphere where we are the odd ones out and it's hard to stand against all these men and feel that we do have a voice and we can we do know what we're talking about yeah and it actually it has like quietened me because i i um, did a chelsea west ham game before when you sit inside the the commentary box and I, i looked around and i was the only woman there and there must have been there was about 50 men sitting there and it was just like kind of surreal and even stepping behind the scenes I summarised it for the day I was in Paul Park we stepped into the media room so I even pointed out to him I was like have you ever noticed that there are literally no women here it's I don't know if it's like a Stamford Bridge thing because he said he's noticed it before being at the Chelsea grounds but we looked around and in the media room about 200 people in total I was the only woman standing there and it was the weirdest thing ever mm. and because of that I felt kind of very exposed very vulnerable and kind of like 
yeah, like people are looking at me because I'm, I'm different here. Yeah. And it just made me like, hyper-aware of what I was saying and what I was doing. The disparity that occurs is so deep-rooted in society. How do you think we can tackle it? It's... That's the thing. I feel like we just need more women, and not only that, but more young women in sports industries. Because, like, in, in all of them, in, in written press, in in sport podcasts, the male side of things needs to show a little bit more support. Like, Leeds United, if I can mention that recently, when they posted that video of Karen Carney, and it's kind of like, would a woman want to to work there after that? Would you want to work at, at Leeds United in the club after seeing what they did? They posted a comment when she said a negative comment, she's entitled to her opinion, mm-hmm. and then they posted that knowing she would get attacked clearly for this comment by all fans online. She got called horrible sexist things. And they didn't take it down. And even the owner of Leeds replied in support, saying he supports the tweet and it won't be deleted. It creates such a hostile environment that we almost feel, oh, I don't, I don't want to go for that job because I feel I won't be supported and I won't feel accepted and it is an inclusive environment for me to go into. Yeah, I... I Thank you so much for talking to me about this today. That's all right. Thank you so much for having me on. I really felt that Lauren and I connected with both being young women in the sports media. But sadly, this problem extends to the challenges diverse people face. A report released by ITV Wales in December 2020 detailed the shocking lack of diversity in Welsh sporting organisations. There are only 19 people employed from a black, Asian or minority ethnic background out of 765 employees. Nine out of 17 organisations have no BAME staff. Shamefully, these figures also relate to women as eight out of 17 organisations have less than 40% of women on their boards. Let's hear from patients from Race Council Cymru. Should be the plan for, say, the next five to ten years to try and make these organisations more diverse. I mean, we're based in Wales, so here we talk about a free and fairer, you know, and more diverse Wales, but uh, UK-wide, of course, it's the same thing we want to see as well. And the first step is for organisations, institutions and individuals to own up to what it is they are not doing in terms of diversity. I think that is admit and accept that there are gaps within their institutions, within their organisations. And once that happens, we want them to also be open to having the very difficult conversations, not just about why, you know, your boards or managements or, you know, uh, uh, top level uh, uh, staff have no diversity in them, but how do we then together get improve you know diversity at those levels because if you look at the organizations in the places where we have found yes there is some semblance of diversity it's at the very low levels the very low paid levels in those organizations and what that says to the people in our communities is this is all we're good for yeah because they're not making it to the top they're not reaching yeah, they're not, yeah, yeah. yeah they're not making it to the top so and if you if you look very closely in some organizations where you find people in those low-level jobs they are ethnic minority people 
with first and sometimes two, you know, second degrees who have the qualifications, who have the skills to be at higher levels, but just never make it to those levels. I think with these people as well, because they've got no one to look up to and think, okay, they've done it, I can do it as well. And they end up feeling that's all they're good for, that they can't yeah. make it any higher. It's it's that, yeah, that lack of uh, 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 mentors at that level, the people, you know, like yourself, who you can look up to and think, be inspired and think, oh, this person made it there, I can do it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, but if if you look at the top and you're coming from a low level mm-hmm. and you look at the top and all you see are male white faces, yeah. it is scary. Yeah. It doesn't give you any hope to aspire to get to those levels. Because you're not looking the same, you're not standing the same, you feel you don't fit in with that environment. Yeah, you feel you don't fit in with that environment. We want it to be because there are people, you believe that there are people out there, ethnic minority people, who are qualified and who can do the job. Mm. And there are. Yeah, it's giving these people the confidence to feel like they can go for these jobs and that they will be supported and they are wanted. Yeah. So what... Because otherwise, you will get the people in there, but there will still be that feeling within the organisations of uh, sort of saying, oh, you're only here because of the scheme. You're only here because of that quota. You're not here because you, you necessarily. So that discriminatory sort of behaviour will still exist. And that is what we want to eliminate completely. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. Is there any other things you'd like to say before we end? Um, no, nothing that has not been said in the last 50 years, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, we've got a broad spectrum, haven't we? A the lot truth of changes is, to be made. Um, my favourite line these days, as with um, people of, um, you know, of our communities, is we're tired of talking, we just want to see action. Yes, and that's what, that is what is needed. We need to see these people in these positions. We need to see change. Yeah. Yeah, we need to see change and we want to see sincerity of purpose, not just not just as a tokenistic uh, uh, approach. Yeah, I mean, I really hope in the next how many years that we don't see these shocking and shameful figures that so many sectors are being neglected. Absolutely shameful. Yes. Well, thank you very, very much for talking to me. You're welcome. Sports connects people from all over the world. It provokes conversation, no matter your age, gender or ethnicity. And surely this should be represented in the industry itself. Mayo Quadri is a keen supporter of this. As someone coming into industry, when you look at what's in front of you, it's not representative of what you see on the screen. Mm. So, for instance, if we look at football, um, 33% um, of players are, are black. However, if you look beyond that, if you look in terms of coaching staff, if you look at media, if you look at ownership of football clubs, if you look at board level, if you look at senior management level, etc., all of these things you don't see that same representation and kind of think to myself, okay, so if, if I can't see anything, anyone like me, mm. how do I know that, that path is even possible? And even the people that look, speak, come from the same places that you're from, when you hear their stories and hear how they feel that and how they're treated, it then 
even creates this bigger word about, okay, why would I even want to go somewhere where it seems as if that I'm not wanted? There needs to be a push for more diverse people in more senior management positions so people can look up to them and have someone as a role model. Of course, and the key thing for me is ultimately the boards and higher up positions kind of set the the ground of, of what actually happens so I, I i'm a keen believer that diversity and inclusion is so key because what happens is if you've got a mixture of people in the room whether it's male and female whether it's white black brown etc in terms of diverse um people that have um, disability, invisible disabilities, if you have a real unique mixture of room, you can then speak about different experiences because everyone within that mixed room can say, well, I know how these people will feel or I have experience with this, so I know how any decision we make will be reflected upon in in, in that community. Because there's not enough of that, what happens then is the majority will serve what they know and they understand and therefore the rules that are put in place the 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 setup etc will naturally favor that because there's no consideration for the rest Mm. and it's a big situation that's not just in in football it's in sports it's in society as well and where i feel so passionate about diversity inclusion is adding one person to your board Mm -hmm. isn't truly diverse okay and even if you think it's diverse are they included so for example if the fa board had six men and they added one woman they might say that our boards become more diverse Mm. you not really because it's not representative of what's actually going on and how much power would the one woman in the room have to speak about issues that she feels passionate about if all of the, the, the decisions are still made the same, then you haven't really got an inclusive board and therefore all of the decisions are still going to reap the same benef- um, results they had before. So that's why diversity and inclusion has to be real and not just sort of a, um, a tick box activity that actually doesn't yield anything. I think the aims to increase diversity start from the top. If you have that at the top, those individuals in the room can speak about their own experiences, how it relates, and make sure that the game is a fair one for everyone. I think if you achieve that within the next few years, naturally everything else trickles down. Because not only will you be able to see people like you at the top of the game, it will start to trickle down into senior management, it will start to trickle down into different parts of the game, from coaching, managing, etc. And then the, the, the splits we see on the pitch will be representative off of it. What has come from this podcast is that more action is needed. I really hope that with more people talking about this and shining a light on the inequalities that occur, that organisations will step up and make real changes that they believe in to make us feel welcomed and wanted. Thank you for listening. Feel free to drop me a message on anything we have covered or what you want to hear next. I'm Lauren O'Toole and I'll catch you in the next episode.